0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good morning, and welcome to Franchising and You, a production of Franchise Foundry. My name is Paul Segretto. I'm your host every Saturday morning, as together we explore how franchising may be right for you. If you missed last week's show, you can listen to it on demand at blogtalkradiocom slash you along with all other segments of franchising in you. David Murray, Senior Lending Consultant at FranFund, was my guest, and we discussed the timing of exploring funding options and the process of securing the money necessary to start a business. It seems so simple, yet it can be complex. I guess it all depends on how diligent an individual is in gathering their information, completing forms, and submitting all in a timely manner. Uh, I do thank David for taking us through that lending process, and of course, sharing how um, individuals work with clients at FranFund. And while we're at it, let's talk a second about FranFund. Recently named one of the top 10 franchise funding providers by Entrepreneur Magazine, FranFund crafts insightful funding strategies to help solidify the dreams of franchise ownership while positioning franchisees for long-term success. And with its own in-house lending team, FranFund is able to accelerate funding process so clients can move forward even faster. And, of course, we thank FranFund for their sponsorship. You know, it's interesting, as I was preparing for today's show about franchise selection and the right fit, it dawned on me that whether we're talking with FranFund or our other sponsors, uh, Spady and Retail Solutions, it is about finding the right fit. FranFund, of course, is finding the right funding option with our other sponsors. Uh, Spadio Oleano Retail Solutions also about the right fit. There's from the legal and real estate perspective, but what about the right fit in choosing a franchise that aligns right with the candidate? Well, let's find out. My guest this week is Rebecca Monet, President and Chief Scientist of Zorico Profile. Uh, Rebecca,
0: thanks, Paul. It's great to be here. Good morning.
1: Good morning, and Rebecca. Before we jump into how a franchise candidate and a franchisor can be scientifically matched. Let's start with this question. You know, compatibility is vital for both the franchising and the franchisor, as we know. What causes someone to be a fit or a misfit within a business?
0: There are several key factors that determine if someone is a good fit. Five of the most important ones is does this prospective franchisee this future business owner share the values of a franchise organization we know whether it's a marriage a business partnership or franchisee franchisor relationship when we share values we have a common ground to come from it creates better decisions Uh, But there's also an extremely strong correlation between values alignment and, and ultimately how satisfied a franchisee is going to be and how well they're going to perform. The second component is culture. Does a franchisee, a prospective franchisee, fit within a franchise system's culture? In to some degree, that includes values, but it's also the best practices of that franchise or can that franchisee embrace those best practices or are they going to go willy-nilly another direction? <laughs> um, and it's also about, <laughs> we've seen that, right, Paul? Yeah, uh, we sure and have. Yeah, like, uh, it, it, but it's also about uh, the environment that that franchise or uh, is creating and what he, uh, the franchisor is rewarding. So, just overall, the culture. The third component is what we call stages of growth. Each franchisor goes through predictable stages of growth, and the franchisee that fits well in an early stage, more dynamic franchise system where there maybe aren't as many rules is a different franchisee than. The franchisee that belongs in a more uh established franchise system or what might be called a plug and play uh system, and then another big uh piece of course, is the what I call uh, complementary competencies, so it's what's the value package and the competencies that the franchisors. Uh, creating the business around and then what is required by that franchisee from a business acumen competency perspective to ultimately run that business Uh, we want those to be uh, complementary and not have the franchisee have the exact same skills that the the franchisor has and vice versa so we want this relationship to be long-term and then, of course the final one and the one we always know about is can the franchisee embrace the leadership and embrace the systems, uh, respect them, and then, of course, leverage them into growing a a vital, thriving business in their local marketplace.
1: So certainly a tremendous foundation uh, to today's show, getting that uh, out of the way, so to speak. Your company's Oracle Profiles is often called the e-harmony of franchising. Uh, And that has changed the way in which individuals select the franchise. Uh, Of course, I've read about, you know, Zorical's meta-analysis and how it determines franchisee-franchisor compatibility and predicts performance. Yet although, Rebecca, we've known each other for years, we've spent countless hours crafting vision and strategy for emerging and established businesses, I'm really still not quite sure how best to describe it all. From the spot-on profile to Zorical, so... In a nutshell, please help us understand, who is Oracle, and, and also why did you create the spot-on profile?
0: <laughs> you know, it is kind of hard to put in a nutshell. Well, Oracle, uh, as you mentioned, we provide assessment tools to franchisors and prospective franchisees. That help determine if they are a good fit so our tools categorically compare a prospective franchisee to the top performing franchisees within various franchise systems and we do this using six statistically validated sciences so our tools help franchisors reduce recruitment costs and support costs while at the same time helping franchisees uh, feel more content and happy in a business and ultimately uh, perform better. So in a nutshell, uh, we provide scientific ways to align individuals with businesses wherein they have the greatest likelihood of success, and isn't that ultimately what both the franchisor and the prospective franchisee uh, wants? So, Absolutely. so to your second part. Go ahead. So, to your second part of that question, um, you know, I've been doing this, as you mentioned, 25 years, and I, I do get that question: how, how did you get into this business? So, although i had been Studying and designing and using psychometric assessments since the mid 80s, um, with almost dominantly entrepreneurs and business owners. It wasn't until 1993 that I became fascinated with franchising, uh, and that was when I met Howie Bassick, who who I consider the man who invented uh, franchise uh, brokering and as i observed um this extremely unique and in, uh, interdependent relationship between the franchisee and the franchisor i became more and more fascinated how you could build a business under a system and how the two were truly uh interrelated and interdependent and both the franchisee and the franchisor are dynamic they're they're forever changing, and so obviously being the scientist that I am, I had to quantify it. I had to understand why some franchisees did well and others uh, struggled and how that was um, related to the structure of the franchise or the individual themselves. I wanted to be able to quantify two moving targets, so to speak, and so that's kind of how it all came about.
1: Wow. And I see a question being typed in from somebody uh, in our audience, so I'll take this opportunity to talk about another one of our sponsors. Of course, uh, the fine attorneys of the national boutique law firm Spadia Liana represent both franchisees and franchisors. They help walk franchisees through every step of their journey into business ownership while also helping franchisors navigate a myriad of federal and state regulations, keeping them on track to grow and support their franchisees. Learn more about Tom Spadia and his fantastic legal team at www.spadialaw.com. Rebecca, this from one of our listeners. I've been researching franchising for the past six months, and there are just so many franchises. How could I possibly find the right fit for me?
0: What a great question. It is overwhelming, especially since the world of uh, the Internet gives us access to so much And how do we know what's a good fit uh, for us? There's thousands of franchise systems out there. And so I always recommend uh, two primary things. One, know thyself. Know who you are, know what your values are, know the kind of culture of a business that you're gonna fit in. Know what your various business competencies are. Know uh, if you're comfortable in a bigger or smaller or something in between. Look at what drives you. And that's a lot of what our tool does, is it drills down to give you in a quantified, scientific way um, who you are as a future business owner. And then, of course, it's about seeing where you fit. I think it comes down to two questions. One, do you have what it takes? And secondly, if so, which business is best for you? So by better understanding yourself and then looking for franchisors wherein you are a good match, you can quickly look at numerous franchise systems and narrow it down to just a couple by just having a scientific, quantifiable way that you can, uh, you can do so. So obviously I always recommend, Paul, that uh, that they take that anyone considering a business take the assessment to get to know themselves and then uh, get aligned with franchise systems that are echoing who they are.
1: And we appreciate all the questions to franchising and you. Please send them to me at paul at franchisefoundry.com. That can be done before the show or even during the show. We'll do all we can to answer questions on the show. But please do know, if we don't have time, we'll still get you the answer information you may be looking for. You know, Rebecca, as I had prepared for the show, uh, I was looking for uh, an opening, you know, paragraph. And I found something in in particular, and it got me thinking, and, and then, of course, I wrote, the move from employee to entrepreneur can be stressful. And trying on one's entire family and giving close consideration to the emotional impact that franchise ownership will have, choosing the right franchise is, is certainly essential to starting off on the on the right foot and you've been working with franchise owners franchise brokers franchisees as you said for well over 25 years and no doubt you've seen many changes along the way. What in your experience has been the most significant change in franchising um, that you've seen.
0: Wow. As as you know, you've been in the business, too, for as long as I have, if not longer, uh, Paul, from all directions, even as a franchisor, so you've seen the inside. To me, the, uh, the biggest difference that I have seen in these 25 years is that franchisors, once upon a time, Um, believed that if they created a truly buttoned down system and process, which is largely what a prospective franchisee is buying, if they had a replicable system and process and good training in port, in in process, then a prospective franchisee should ramp up well and do well. Um, So it was kind of the old, and this is probably a little bit crass to say this, but it's Anybody, any monkey can do this kind of mentality that I saw in early uh, days. So a franchisor wasn't as concerned about the actual franchisee and who he or she was because they'd already thought out all the processes and they knew if an individual just embraced those processes and did what was necessary based on the training and the systems that that franchisee would do well in their local marketplace and in theory this is accurate this is uh, true but what they discovered was we are humans we're not robots we sometimes wake up in the morning and we're not motivated or we had you know a difficult conversation with an employee or a difficult conversation or situation uh, with a, a, a customer, and those kinds of things that are happening day to day in someone's business affects their tenacity, their ability to commit, their ability to take charge, their ability to lead. So those those markers, those things that truly affect that local business, were things that weren't as easily. Uh, quantifiable or, uh, or understandable when you first bring in a franchisee so if I would say the biggest change that I have seen is that franchisors are looking at ways to quantify that human element that franchisee that's in that local marketplace not just for will they embrace the system but what will happen to them in that day-to-day operation in their heads and their hearts that will allow them to drive that business. So it's that four-legged stool, so to speak, where it's about the system. It's about a, a viable uh, market. It's about finding and modeling the perfect location, but it's also about finding that perfect franchisee that fits within our franchise system and then has the highest likelihood of being happy and ramp up well and ultimately perform well.
1: I think to use your analogy of a four-legged stool, I think what's transpired over the last 25 years is a more informed customer that's actually working with Franchisees, And I think that's the weight that actually gets yeah. applied to the top of that stool, that if one of those four legs is a little bit weak, that it might stand up by itself, even with a weak leg, it will actually topple over with the weight above it. And what I'm referring to is, you well, know, back in the day before the internet, a person had a problem with a car, they had a question about a printing service or whatever the case might be. They got in their car or they picked up the phone and they talked to the local franchisee. Today they could do so much due diligence ahead of it and so much investigation ahead of the phone call that a franchisee has to make sure they stay within their system. But sometimes they've got to be able to to dance and we're finding that a different and a varying skill set is important where before – if just a franchisee sat behind the counter and this is all he did, or he or she did, they were gonna be successful. Today they've got to take that skill set, they've got to take those communication skills they've built, and whatever the business model is, they've got to adapt more, you know, to it. So I, I, I think with this in mind, I think it raises a good question here. You know, is it possible for someone to be a good fit today but a poor fit down the road?
0: Excellent question. I want to echo some of what you said, because the internet has changed the way a prospective franchisee uh, does the research on the business. And so they can more quickly see if all these components are in place. Is it a great system? Am I going to have great support? Is it a good market? Does it play in Peoria, so to speak? Um, And Uh are there good locations for me? And, And then the question still comes to, um, you know, can I do this? Do I have what it takes and do I fit within this organization? And I think to your point, absolutely. There are times a prospective franchisee or a franchisee fits really well um, for a while and then the franchisor, this dynamic system that's ever evolving and changing while the franchisee is changing also, is evolving and changing. Uh, the culture slowly changes of that franchise organization. The systems also evolve and change. Um, Sometimes, uh, depending on where that franchisor is, we can actually have companies come in and buy or merge in uh, two or three franchise systems together, which changes the structure and the management and the support system and the strategic uh, goals and initiatives of that franchise system. Leadership can can change. Uh, New products and services can come on which a franchisee may agree with or not agree with or just may not be comfortable selling or providing to their local marketplace. Technology changes things. The world is changing and and a franchisor evolves and changes with uh, what's going on uh, out in the world whether it's competition, technology, whatever it is. So absolutely, a franchisee could be a great fit in one stage of growth of an organization and not a good fit uh, down the road and vice, vice versa. I'll give you an example. Just yesterday, I was talking to one of our clients, a franchisor, who is a baby. I call him a baby franchisor. They're an emerging franchisor. So they're still very dynamic and have somewhat limited uh, resources. So they're growing smartly by uh, doing so from where they are located out. And they were in. uh, Someone approached them to open a franchise in New York, and my franchisor is in Florida. And so we have a baby franchisor that's dynamic that has limited resources. And they attracted a prospective franchisee in New York who lacked um, marketing skills and sales skills and some other emotional and social intelligence markers like initiative and courage and assertiveness and quickness to decision. And so they ultimately had to weigh that out we're in Florida, they're in New York we're an early stage franchise system this guy, this gal doesn't have the sales and marketing skills nor that kind of hunter instinct that's going to be required can we support that franchisee that many miles away especially since they don't have this hunter instinct will we have to spend dollars in that local marketplace to drive business through his her uh, door so that's an early stage franchise uh, system so that franchisee was not a good or prospective franchisee was not a good fit for that franchise system That franchisee, however, had many other skill sets and many other wonderful talents and uh, wonderful drivers that would make him or her a better fit in a later stage franchise system where the brand is recognizable, there's local marketing going on, it's established, uh, the systems and training are much uh, further along there may even be infield uh, consultants that can help him so doing a business uh, that far away would not be a, a big deal so he needed to be in a franchise system what we call a stage 4 franchise system where our franchisor was more like a stage 2 uh, franchise system so yes we can outgrow a franchise system, they can outgrow us, and we belong in different uh, places. So sometimes we're a good fit now, but we may not be a good fit later or vice versa.
1: Right. I'm so glad you mentioned, uh, you know, an emerging uh, franchise brand because, uh, of course, we know in the industry we're seeing a lot more of that. I believe Daryl Johnson and Brand Data mentioned uh, a year ago that over the preceding three years, um, over the over the, the past three years, we actually saw one franchiseor a day come into franchising, and he projected for the next three years, one franchisor per day. Aziz Ashim, the then uh, chairperson for the IFA, confirmed what he was saying, and we're talking about you know roughly twenty two, twenty three hundred relatively new franchise brands within a five to a six-year period, almost, if not exceeding, doubling all the franchises that are out there. And of course, individuals, you know, might be right for an emerging brand, provided they have a little bit more of an entrepreneurial um, mindset, uh, as well as skill set. The fact that they like the fact of picking up the phone and being able to communicate directly with the leadership of the brand. They pretty much bought into the vision of the founder for a very young stage organization, because there's not a lot proven at that point. And then as I tell emerging brands, you're going to love those franchisees early on. When you get to 20, 20 or 25 units, you might not even like or pick, those franchisees moving forward. So it's, it's a very interesting proposition. I'm going to be writing some uh, about the difference between emerging brands and legacy brands in the October, uh, actually the November issue, of Franchise Dictionary magazine in my column, uh, Franchising uh, 101. But, you know, this whole dynamic, Rebecca, of emerging brands is, is really changing the entire landscape.
0: I love it. I absolutely, all I can do is smile as you're talking because it's showing this entrepreneurial spirit is alive and well. That if if we're creating more franchises, the innovative spirit is there. Um, But what's also exciting to me is people understand it's one thing to have this great innovative idea, but if you don't have a system or a process uh, combined with it, then it's not scalable. Then it's not replicable. And and so when you're telling me we have this many franchise franchisees coming, you know, every single day, it tells me they're figuring it out. They're taking great ideas and they're putting systems to it, and then allowing it to go out to others. That may not be the idea people, but instead they are the executors. They are the hunters. They are the ones that know how to implement. So this this to me is fabulous. It tells me this entrepreneurial, innovative, combined with system mentality uh, is is working. So I'm so glad you gave those statistics because it's a big deal. It's it's a big deal and it's oh, yeah. also a big deal to pay attention to where you fit. There's so many benefits. For those that fit well in early stage franchise systems, you mentioned many of them. There's a lot more flexibility in an early stage franchise system for the franchisee. They get to have direct access to leadership. They get to actually be part of the development of some of the uh, best practices. Um, And of course, there's territory. Once you're bigger, the franchisor is bigger, some of the territories are sold out. So there are many, many benefits, but also those early-stage franchisees usually are more renegades. They are the risk-takers. They're the early adopters. They're the true entrepreneurs, and as the system evolves and things start to be more buttoned down and um, you know there's more need to comply so we can protect the brand equity, then those individuals start to feel uncomfortable. They feel uncomfortable with all these new rules and all these new technology and this new systems, all things that the franchisor puts in place to help that franchisee with unit level economics and to grow. But if the franchisee kind of likes doing it his own way and he, you know, is now having to comply um, more, he or she may now be uncomfortable, may no longer be a fit for that franchise uh, system. So if they recognize it in themselves, then of course they can make some wise and informed uh, decisions. And if a franchisor knows that, then he or she can also help that franchisee do what's necessary to feel comfortable or find ways that they may choose to sell or move on.
1: Right. And, and it's interesting, you know, at Franchise Foundry, we uh, only work with emerging brands. So the candidates that we work with a lot of times are not a right fit for one of the emerging brands. But I can say this because it's been a long time, and this is not even going into any profiling or anything. I can't remember the last time we placed uh, into an emerging brand uh, an engineer or an an accountant. And, and of course, I know you could probably talk a whole show about some of the – the mindset of those individuals, but, you know, they're risky burst. They cross their T's twice. They got their eyes three times. Um, Merging brand, the system, as you said, is not as buttoned down. Uh, it relies a lot on, on vision and blue sky and, uh, and, and what the founder sees for the future. It, it's, it's predicated on open, you know, transparent co- communications And some of the others that are in a more buttoned-down industry and have been there for quite some time are used to um, basically the mindset of putting the key in the door at nine and putting the key in the door at six and not having to worry about those things uh, outside the box. So a lot of people understand who they are. They understand their industry. Um, But yet, even with tools like what you offer, how are people drawn or direct to the wrong business or franchise? I mean, how does that occur?
0: Oh, my goodness. It happens more often than I'd like to, uh, like to hear about or, or, or see. There are frequently times where someone is interested in or curious about or even gets into the due diligence process with a franchise system that is not a good fit for them. Somebody else, yes, but for them it's not a good fit. And it's really interesting how often it happens. Let me give you an example, actually. Um, I I have a franchise broker out in California who um, called me and says, Rebecca, I I ran a spot-on profile on a dear friend of mine, and I wonder if you could uh, help me. Turns out this gentleman um, had bought three different franchises over a period of time. Each time, it was an emerging franchisor, a brand-new franchisor. The first time, he bought a region of a really sexy uh, concept. It was a first-to-market concept, but it was very unique, very different in, in, in in the food world that had never been out there. So he was attracted to the trendy, sexy, oh, my goodness, I can buy a massive territory, I can put other people in the business, and all I have to do is sort of sell the territory. Suffice it to say, he failed. He didn't open a single uh, location. He then went out a couple of years later, bought a second franchise system, and had a similar experience, and then a third. This is all over a period of five or six years, and a third. Each time the business was... Up and coming. Each time the business was um, something sexy and glittery and something where he could see unlimited potential because he was early on. And yet when we looked at his assessment, he failed. Now, now who has that kind of money to spend again and again and try again and then? He knew franchising was the right vehicle for him. He was picking the wrong businesses until he went to a franchise broker who happened to also be a friend of his that helped him walk through. And the end result was and when we took the assessment what was attracting him were these values, these unconscious values that had to do with unlimited potential. He Uh, needed to be in a system, or was attracted to systems, rather, that were prestigious, that were first to market, that were in many, many ways um, something that would allow him to go to the country club and boast about those things, something that really could be big if he could drive it. So that would be an early stage franchise system. But he scored in a stage four and stage five franchise system. He would do better in a more established. His number one complaint each time was, I didn't have the support. I didn't have the training. I felt isolated. I was alone. I couldn't do this on my own. And every time I called, I couldn't get hold up. So his complaints were the same, But it was simply because he was choosing the wrong business. So his broker ended up showing him both some resales, established businesses, as well as later stage franchise systems. And now he's been in the business three years and just blowing it out uh, of the water. So faulty, I call it faulty attraction, is kind of like that first guy or that first gal that we fell in love with. We fell in love because they had muscles or they had beautiful golden blonde hair or whatever. It's a faulty attraction. What really is good for us that we have those 40-year relationships with that you and I were talking about earlier is a different chemical reaction uh, it's based on science and based on fit it's not just I'm attracted to that but do I fit in that
1: you know it's it's all very interesting as you were talking I think the question that came to mind also in trying to determine you know skill set and the um, the different thoughts that people have with respect to mindset Uh, about franchising, about emerging brands, and of course, uh, a big word that I am enamored with is entrepreneurship. And of course, there's this ongoing debate that I think will continue to the end of time, whether a franchisee is an entrepreneur, because it's not a clear-cut answer. The um, individual that might be just looking to replace a job or wishes, hopes, and dreams, and, and this is their way to you know, you know, meet those wishes or exceed those wishes, hopes, and dreams, you know, might not be considered as much an entrepreneur as somebody that you know, grows through a franchise. Maybe they start out in that regard, and then they wind up owning 10, 20, 40, 50 units and significantly you know, more money. And I think that also goes to you know, somebody being a good fit today or not being a good fit today and it's changing over time. There is a lot of dynamics to this, and certainly we could talk, you know, another show for sure about it. But I don't want to lose sight of something. You, you you did elaborate more on values, which you started out talking about on the show. But I want to go back to culture, and I want you to elaborate just a bit more on culture. You know, how can someone recognize that, The culture is right for them as they're going through their due diligence.
0: Yeah, and and that really is, in many ways, a subtle thing. So it is values-based, but it's also best practices, the environment, and what is being rewarded. So I think a couple of tips as it relates to determining values as a prospective franchisee is, of course, look at all of the marketing material, the website, and look for certain uh, words, word, value words. Are you hearing words like uh, giving back or contribution? Are you hearing words like power and control and destiny and competition and, and success? Look for those words the, we call value words to begin to to notice what what drives this franchise. Or are they a system that gives back? Are they a system that is innovative? Are they a system that appreciates efficiencies and effectiveness? Are they a system that is collaborative where there's a back and forth between the client and the franchisee or the client, excuse me, the franchisee and, and his peers? so you're you're looking for the environment that's being uh, created. You can tell that obviously by the words they use in the marketplace, but look closely at what's being rewarded when you're seeing numbers uh especially on in the marketing materials. what is being rewarded? Um, Is it uh, the franchisees are being rewarded for uh, mentoring one another? Okay, that tells you a little bit about the culture. Are they being rewarded only on revenue? Are they being uh, rewarded uh, based on how they um, make a difference in their community? So be looking for... Uh, what's being rewarded, and of course, I'm. You give this advice to uh, Paul. Is go if, if there's if it's a location-based franchise system, go see if that culture is permeating all the way out to that individual franchisee, and and feel what it feels like. Talk to those employees. Talk to the franchisee uh, in the marketplace. Uh, read the reviews and see what you can you can get um, uh, from the reviews in terms of uh, culture. So if you just go in with a mindset that says, what's being rewarded here? What are the belief systems? What are the best practices? What are the values that are being encouraged here? See see if you can write that down, right? Obviously our tool helps mm-hmm. you do that. but But then... Ask yourself as a prospective franchisee, do I reflect that? Do I have those same values? Do I appreciate those best practices? Would I like to be recognized and rewarded for those same things? Or would I find that uncomfortable uh, for myself? So, those are some ways, tangible ways, that um, you can learn about culture and if you're a good fit.
1: Yeah, but I'm a big believer. And positively memorable experiences at all levels it's not just for customers it's for franchisees it's something that we'll talk about in a future show even on how franchisees and franchisors treat vendors all part of culture franchising in you is also sponsored by retail solutions who help franchisees locate negotiate for and lease or purchase the retail space building sites or built to suits best suitable in new business ventures, Retail Solutions represents national and regional retail and franchise clients wherever the business growth leads them. You can find them on the web at RetailSolutionsRe.com. Uh, Rebecca, uh, in addition to you know being able to find out more about your company at ZoracleProfiles.com, is there anything else you would like to say to our listening audience? Maybe some last bit bits of advice before we uh, wrap up. We've just got a few minutes.
0: I think it goes back, Paul, to know, know thyself, know, know thyself. You're doing research on various franchise companies and we encourage that, but you you are going to be running that business. So you need to know who you are. You know, take a deep dive into what drives you, what motivates you, what are, what are your talents and your skills. Um, what does it require uh, within this business? So it always goes back to know thyself. Do the due diligence on both yourself as well as the franchisor.
1: Rebecca, thank you. Great advice. Of course, thank you for being my guest today. You know it means a lot to me, truly. I thank you.
0: My pleasure. I always enjoy our conversations. I go away, and I'm taking notes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) I always go away with notes. I love it.
1: And I'd like to remind our listeners again about Franchise Dictionary Magazine, written by highly regarded leaders in the industry. Franchise Dictionary Magazine, the hands-on how-to online resource, which provides prospective owners with everything they need to know about launching and sustaining a franchise business. Learn more at FranchiseDictionaryMagazine.com. Well, that's it for this week. I do thank you for including franchising in you as you explore the wonderful world of franchising and business ownership. Dream it. Wish it. Do it. We're excited to be part of your quest towards franchise success. Have a great day.